inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thanks for joining today. Imagine one of the, the best talks or conferences you have been experiencing, especially live, and think of, besides the, the great speaker that, that was there, how, was, how were the sounds, the music, the lights, etc. And all these, all these elements can make a huge impact in, in, the, in the event, in the talk. So there are guys who are real artists into this, and we are going to discuss that. We have an excellent guest for that. Let me introduce you, Christopher Weiss. Christopher Weiss is the world's premier audiovisual alchemist. He has produced over 300 events in 30 countries on six continents. He works exclusively with the world's top speakers and trainers and runs multiple businesses in multiple countries. Christopher trains professional speakers in how to create top-notch presentations. He is a classically educated actor with over 25 years of stage and film experience. Now an expert in voice control, event production, stage presence, and keynote creation. Hello, Christopher. Hi, Oscar. Thank you so much for inviting me to your amazing podcast. I've been following you for some time, and I really like what you do and, and the speakers that you gather. So I'm really, really honored to be part of, of that group of excellent people. Oh, thanks a lot. It's very kind of you. It's, it's great that uh, we met uh, not long ago and has had this opportunity to, to know about you. And it's something very unique, what we're going to talk today. Um, and it's going to be very interesting for, for many of our audience. Even for me, I want to really learn more about what what uh, artists like you are doing. So tell us how you became. You became, uh, not only you said, but I saw other uh, well-known speakers tell you that you, that you are an audiovisual alchemist. So how you became that? <laughs> yes, audiovisual alchemist is a term that I, that I made up myself. And um, many people have um, proposed that I'm the best in the world at what I do. So that's why I became the world's premier audiovisual alchemist. I started out as an actor, as you as you mentioned, uh, already as a teenager, um, I became or actually even before in elementary school, I was very interested in performing and I never shut up and I was always making <laughs> making a big show in school. So I think I was in fifth grade, my teacher told me that maybe you should start looking into acting as a profession or, or as, as more of a more of a, a professional attitude towards it. And I started acting on stages. I think I was 12 or 13. And um, then I decided that this is what I want to be. This is what I want to become an, an actor. And I had this long dream since I was a kid to study or work in Hollywood and become a famous actor and mm -hmm. receive the Oscar <laughs> for the best actor. And, uh, and I went to Hollywood um, when I was studying at the theater academy in Helsinki. And it was, it was in many ways a fulfillment of my dreams. But when I came back, I became really depressed. Um, it's a long story, which I won't go into here, what really happened. But uh, I felt that maybe there is more to life than just acting. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, that summer of 2002, I, I, I became really introverted and I started really trying to figure out if there's more in my career, in my life that I want to do than just acting. And I started going to personal development conferences because I got involved with a network marketing company. And maybe you know that some, uh, most of the network marketing companies, they do trainings and seminars mm-hmm. and workshops. It's, sure. it's an integral part of that kind of business. And uh, I just fell in love with the, with the industry. And I realized that um, acting and personal development conferences or speakers in general are very close to each other. There's, there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of differences, but there's a lot of similarities. And I remember specifically a event in Stockholm where I got to see Les Brown. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was sitting at a VIP um, event for only a couple hundred people. I was sitting in the front row with some friends of mine. And uh, after the event, he opened for questions. And as I sat in the front row, I asked him, Mr. Brown, you're this motivational guru so who do you get your motivation from and i'll never forget what he said he looked me straight in the eye he lifted his hand right hand straight up in the air and he pointed to my heart and said from god and it just the energy that he had the the impact that made on me just like pushed me back in my chair and i felt i felt that presence i felt that Mm -hmm. effect that he had as a speaker and I, I thought in that moment, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be able to to have. And I started going more and more to these conferences, and and I spent a lot of money. I, you know, used a lot of time to go all over the world to these conferences. And I thought, well, after a while, well, I'm I'm spending a lot of money and time on these. Maybe there's a way for me to to get these for free. So I started volunteering at events. And that lasted for a few years, and I started, you know, doing my own events as well on the side. But it was really through this process that I that I analyzed the room, so to say. I was I was sitting in the room at an event, and I was I was looking around and thinking, which is the best job? Which is the best position in the house? Uh-huh. And I was looking at the people that were sitting behind the production table in the back of the room, and they were. Um, you know, these are the people that control the show, that they create the emotions, that they create the story. And I thought, well, that's the, that's gotta be the best job in the world. Cause I <laughs> thought, well, there's, there has to be a way for me to make money, um, doing, going to events. And that's why I developed, um, these skills, um, that I had naturally an understanding of stories, mm-hmm. an understanding of, of music and lights from the acting world. But it was really through through this kind of work that I, I just started uh, going deeper and deeper into uh, personal development and events. And I got to know these speakers and, and started to hang out with them and learn from them. And um, that's how I developed a system of how to create emotion. Because when you do events, it's always about creating emotion, right? Information is very important. But if you don't have the emotion the information doesn't really stick. Yes. And if you do create a lot of emotion, the information also sticks much better. So in in this environment of, of personal, specifically personal development, but also business development, um, relationships, health, longevity, spirituality, in these kinds of events, I noticed that I'm getting information that helps me and I'm also getting paid to hang out with some of the best speakers in the world. And that has taken me around 
around the world many, many times, um, as you said, over 30 countries, I think about 40 to this day, actually, and still six continents. I haven't worked in Antarctica. So if somebody's arranging okay. events in Antarctica, let me know. I'll be very interested to say that I have done events on seven continents. Not <laughs> yet, though. <laughs> I'm sure that will happen. <laughs> yes, I, I, I believe it does. <laughs> Wow, the very, very interesting story. In yeah, the story of uh, Les Brown talking to you in front of you, just a couple of meters maybe away, and yeah. and really touching you. And then, well, then the, later, the circle completed. Yeah. I, I came full circle last year when I got invited to to do an event in Singapore with Les Brown. Yeah, and now we've done a few, and and we're good friends. You know, he keeps sending me messages and. And, and tells me he, he misses me and wants to, <laughs> wants to see me again. <laughs> of course, now with the, the situation, we're in, in end of March 2000 and, uh, mm. 2020, so we got the COVID around. So all events are at the moment uh, canceled. So we'll, we'll see when the next, next event will be. But th this was a, a full circle. And other people that I've also admired since, since, uh, since I started going to these events, like uh, Brenda Bouchard, mm -hmm. Bob Proctor, Um, T. Harv Ecker, I've had the opportunity to work with in, in, in my later years. Uh, Tony Robbins, also his son, Jarek Robbins. I've done a bunch of events with him. So, so the events have been a really, really good place for me to develop my own skills, my own craft as a speaker, because I've done mm -hmm. hundreds of presentations myself in Finland and all around the world on various subjects. Um, so it's, it's been a place, a way for me to really get to know these people that I admire. Yeah, excellent. Well, what a pleasure doing that. Tell me a bit more in detail. Let's start hearing more in detail. What are these things, technicalities, activities that happen there in the background that most of the people in the audience don't notice, but but they are really making a big impact on the event or one talk? Well, a, a big thing, as I said, is, is to create that emotion. So you have to create like a story, a storyline, a storyboard for the whole event and mm -hmm. Many, many more organizers these days understand the, the impact, music, videos, lights, stuff like that that you mentioned in the beginning, how that affects the event. So there's, there's obviously a lot of technicalities in how to set up the event, how to set up the, the schedule that everybody has enough time, that you have enough time to move people, especially if you're doing bigger events with like thousands of people. It's not just, you can't just have like three minute break, you know, mm. it needs to be 15 minutes. So, so that's, yes. that's a big thing, like how you design the event, how you design the structure, the syntax, the schedule of the event. And, and a lot of speakers and also a lot of the audience don't really understand the importance of, of stopping on time. So if you have mm -hmm. 20 minutes, then you have 20 minutes. You can't go 24 minutes because if everybody does that, then suddenly you're two hours late. And especially here in Finland, that's, that's a big, big no, no. Yeah. <laughs> you have to, if you start, if you say you start at nine o'clock, you have to start at nine o'clock. And if you say that you stop at five o'clock, then you have to stop at five o'clock because at five oh five, people are already leaving because, you know, you have sure. kids and you have, you know, all the kinds of stuff. So that's really, really important to have a solid, solid structure and to start when you're, when you, uh, when you say you're going to start and you finish when you're, when you say you're going to finish. So that's one major thing. And, and the other that, that a lot of speakers and a lot of audience don't understand is the importance of, of delivering the presentations, keynotes, PowerPoints, whatever you use on time. 
And uh, even with the, some of the greatest speakers in the world, maybe even more <laughs> than people who are just starting, they're very lazy of delivering the presentations. So we, we, we always have an issue with that. The same is with Nordic Business Forum. The same is with all of the big conferences. Mm-hmm. The, the number one issue that producers or audiovisual alchemists like me have is to get the presentations on time. Yes. And then you'll have to, you know, because it's not just showing up with your computer. In in best case scenarios, you can show up with your computer or with your thumb drive with your presentation five minutes before you go on stage and everything work. And this is what speakers usually assume is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, Murphy's Law says that if something can go wrong, it will go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I always um, suggest and, and, and try to convince speakers to deliver their presentations a week in advance, a few days in advance, at least 24 hours in advance. Mm-hmm, yes. Um, and, and a lot of people don't do this. So this will, this will, um, how should I say my time is, is, let's say I have an event one month from now. Um, an hour of my time now is, is cheap compared to one day before the event starts. Like I don't have time to go through the presentations and make sure everything works if you're going to go up on stage in five minutes. So that's why you really need to deliver the presentations on time so we can make sure on the production table that everything runs smoothly. Even if you have the same computer that we have, or if you run PowerPoint or Keynote, there's always so many possibilities that something can go wrong and we don't really have time to 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 go through. So worst case scenario is that the presentation doesn't look like the or operate the way that the speaker is expecting mm-hmm. and and also maybe you know the videos don't play or the audio doesn't play and so on so i can't emphasize it yes. enough that that's the, that's the critical part if you're doing any kind of speaking that you need to connect with the producer or with the with the technicians and, and get them the presentations in time and make sure everything works and that you also as a speaker understand the whole the whole system of how everything works and that is the major reason i created a lecture on how to create good presentations and also how to operate in this environment. And I call it professional presenter. So I created an online course mm-hmm. that I can, I can uh, give to some people and I sell, I sell it online for people to go through. If you want to be in this industry, because it makes a such a big difference for, for us on the production side, if you understand the environment that you're, that you're playing in. And uh, it also affects future jobs because every time I was just doing the, my last event was now like a month ago in Dubai. And uh, the organizers asked me always afterwards, who was a good speaker? And obviously how you do on stage and how you present on stage is very important. Mm-hmm. But the major reason why I recommend or do not recommend a mm. speaker is how they relate to the technical stuff if they come in five minutes before with their presentations on a thumb drive uh, it's in the wrong aspect (laughs) ratio it doesn't have all the fonts and whatnot it's it's not a person that i would like to hire in the future but then again if you have somebody who's very clear they send out all the information in advance you know they're they're Mm -hmm. nice to work with that person will get a recommendation and i don't know this is this is not just me this is industry-wide people like things to run smoothly because as i said the time is very, very expensive when you're doing an event. You, we don't have even time, sometimes 10 minutes to yes. to go through and talk with, uh, with the presenter. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very important things to remind for speakers, uh, regardless the, the the experience of the level. Some mm. sometimes you don't do this because you don't have experience. You haven't been in touch with technicians or producers like you. Sometimes you are too like a diva and you don't care. So it's yes, it's, yeah. For all of them, and I'm and I'm surprised actually how many even high class speakers. <clears throat> They don't really care. Like you said, it's a diva yes, thing yes. or they, they just don't think about it. Or they, they don't understand all of the, the, the technical stuff that goes through. For example, aspect ratio, like a lot of uh, the um, people that have been around for a while, even, you know, some of the best speakers in the world, they deliver their presentation in four by three, which mm. is the old, yes. you know, narrow uh, aspect ratio. Well, if I've if I've built a a back wall or a backdrop with lights and, and and video and so on, I don't want to have black bars on the side. <laughs> you know, yes. I want it to be nice. So a lot of times I have to on the fly change the aspect ratio, make yes. sure that everything is everything is is looking good. Yeah, and sometimes it, that's that's easy. Notice, no, you don't notice so much, but sometimes you just you you stretch the thing, and yeah, it's. <laughs> it's very noticeable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So a lot of times it has actually happened that that uh, if I get the presentations only a few minutes before the the person goes on stage, then um, I'll have to shift it and 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 do it uh, do it like on the fly in the moment. If sometimes the speaker doesn't really understand how the clicker works, and and you know they 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 don't understand how to operate. In that system, in that environment, so then I will have to click at the same time as the speaker clicks. You know, there, there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the stage or behind the scenes that people don't really, really understand and appreciate. Sure. And one thing, just clarification, going a bit back uh, to the when you started answering this. Um, so you start talking about the, the emotions, the storytelling that uh, someone is designing. Who is usually the person responsible? doing this and what are their other roles? Let's say there's event planner, there's producer. What are the, the typical roles in event? Well, the, the most important roles that you need is obviously you need to have speakers, you need to have presenters. Um, you need to have a event producer, somebody or a manager who is responsible for um, for the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, sometimes you have a client, uh, especially if you do corporate events, you have a client. Uh, sometimes you have a ad agency or somebody in between that is creating the the graphics and and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of times it's actually me who goes through with the client to make the the schedule and to you know decide what is going to be shown at what time, how much time people have on stage, how how much breaks we need, and so on. So the audiovisual alchemist or uh, event producer is mm -hmm. is very very important. Then you need to have a, um, especially in a bigger event, you need to have a moderator or a host, mm -hmm. somebody yeah. that, that kind of fills in the blank. And then something that is uh, overlooked, even in, in big events, is stage manager. Somebody who is mm -hmm. behind uh, the stage, making sure that people are where they need to be. They have the clickers, they have the microphones, they have the, you know, the cable is, is nicely nicely going under the shirt mm -hmm. and so on. So everything just looks looks professional. And unfortunately, this is something that is overlooked yes. probably equally as much as my job is is somebody that that handles all of the stuff that happens behind the behind the scenes. Because I when when we start a show, like I'm nailed to my seat. Like I'm not yes, going anywhere. Exactly. 
so that I need to have somebody who is who is kind of running around and, mm-hmm. and, and wrangling people and getting making sure that they have everything that they need. Mm-hmm. So so the, I think those are those are the, the most important tasks, event manager, event producer, uh, stage manager and host, in addition to to the speakers. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's that's an excellent uh, clarification because, uh, yeah, my thing, I, I guess most of the people in the audience and many of the speakers are not so aware of this of these details um so so you will the same like sorry to interrupt it's mm. the same like in when you do movies or, or tv mm. shows or commercials or whatever people don't really understand how many people is involved yes you know they just think that oh you just you know take a camera take a microphone put on some light but there's you know there's dozens of people that are involved in in an event of course if you just do a small event with you know a couple of people on stage and you know 50 people in the audience but if you're do if you're charging people money to come mm-hmm. and see an event uh, i think they deserve to be treated with a professional production and it's not really about money it's not really about even preparation it's just hiring people that know their stuff mm-hmm. yeah exactly so you're right Tell us a bit some of your experiences with the uh, speakers who, well, some do it more professional, some don't. Uh, so you would say the, that the majority of speakers are not so aware of these technicalities. What would you say? Unfortunately not. Okay. And that, that is again my reason why I created this, this online training. And also I coach, um, some private clients on this subject. So they really understand if they want to be professional, if they want to be perceived as professionals and so it's it's really it's it's those things that that even high quality speakers don't really think about yes I, that's one thing like we met at, at the toastmasters um event and that's a, a thing that i really like about that system is that especially trains people to understand the importance of time oh yes because when you get up on stage you know it's it's kind of like a, a boxing match you know you, <laughs> you get hit in the face when you come up and there's lights and there's sound and, and there's uh, there's audience and, you know, there's time pressure and things like that. A lot of even high quality speakers, they kind of forget about everything. They go into like a tunnel vision and they only kind of feel their own emotions. So they forget about time. Sometimes they don't even understand if they're standing in, the, in darkness. You know, we try to mm. I always try to have the stage completely lit. So regardless of where you walk on stage, you're always, the camera can see you and the audience can see you. Sometimes there's a dark spot on the stage. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, a lot of speakers, they go and stand in that darkness. Because okay. it feels it feels kind of like um, intimidating to stand in, yes. in the light. Or they go behind the podium and try to hide mm. behind the podium. And I can't emphasize this enough that when you are on stage, It is a, the critical part is, is for you to be there connecting with the audience. Um, otherwise information can be sent on an email or, or on a video. You know, the, the unique thing about an event, which I, especially now when I'm in quarantine, I miss it so much. Mm, yes. <laughs> I, I miss that energy. <laughs> you know, um, that is the unique part. You have an audience and you have a, a speaker and, The speakers have made the time and effort to, to get there. The audience have paid money to, to come hotels and blah, blah, blah. The organizer has rented a room and, you know, there's, there's a lot of energy and a lot of 
time and money involved in creating events, uh, live events, the live feeling. And so that should be the main, the main thing of you as a speaker being present on stage with the audience. True. And could you give at, at this point one, some, some top piece of advice how, how speakers should communicate with producers or techies? I think the main thing for speakers to, to, to communicate or think about when you communicate with tech people is to be humble because as a speaker, and I know this because I speak myself as well. So when I go out there and I communicate with the tech people is that this, I'm humble uh, because in the end they are the ones that run the show. So if I don't appreciate them and I don't respect them, um, that will affect that might, if I wouldn't never, never do it, but I know that out there in the world, some people get frustrated if they don't get their respect and appreciation that they deserve. So, you know, they might not do everything <laughs> that the speaker wants and the speaker needs. I always try to serve, even if I don't get um, the appreciation that I think that I deserve, but just to make, make your life easier and make the techies easier, life easier. And also, um, to raise the possibility of people want to hire you in the future yeah. is to, to really be professional and to be courteous and be humble towards all of the people that are, that are organizing the event. And so this goes through how do you communicate before you get up? Um, you even arrive at the event. Um, what are the things that you should know? What are the things that you should tell? What, one major thing that happens quite a lot, and I always ask the speakers at an event, are you going to do anything else than just speak? <laughs> and a lot of times they don't tell me. They're like, no, 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 we're, you know, we're, I'm just going to talk. But then suddenly they want five people on stage. No. Suddenly they want lights off because they want to do a closed eye meditation. Suddenly they want to go online to show uh, a website. And if we don't, if we don't know this, um, in advance, we can't prepare and we can't, you know, make the adjustments. And worst case scenario is that we have to shout for, or use a microphone from the back of the room saying like, sorry, we don't, we don't have internet on the computer that's on stage because nobody told us mm -hmm. that we're going to need it. The same is with other big events like Nordic Business Forum and Slush and stuff like that. I, I speak with my colleagues and they, they tell the same thing that it's always the same. It's, it's the deliver the presentation on time and not telling the techies what you're, what you're going to do. So I always try to take the time in advance and also at the events when I'm, when I meet the speakers and I go through, is there anything else you're going to <laughs> do except for just speaking? Yeah. As you said, there are so many, many things that are relatively common. Huh? So bringing people to the audience can be singing or switching the lights off things that Uh, exactly. Super, like my, it could be a small that thing easy. that, yeah, you know, yeah. somebody in the audience or, or like somebody of the speakers, they have, you know, a birthday and somebody comes up to me five minutes before and says, oh, we want to sing happy birthday, you know. And this oh, is yeah. the audiovisual alchemy that I do, which is, which is um, that I do a lot of the stuff without planning because I'm just living in a moment and listening and, and observing what happens on stage. And I'm always thinking from the perspective that if I was speaking on stage right now, what would I like to do? So I can go in on the fly, and this is why I get hired 
all around the world because I work with speakers who a lot of times they don't even have a PowerPoint. So I do the PowerPoint as we go along. I mm -hmm. put up the images, I create slides as they speak. But a lot of event organizers or producers, they don't, they don't do this um, because it's not really, really their job. I always try to serve and make the, the greatest experience possible. But I think that's a, a huge, uh, huge missed opportunity for you as a speaker come to an event and expect everything to be just handled. So, so again, humility is a very, very important uh, aspect of, of being a speaker because you're the one on stage anyway. You're the one getting the praises. <laughs> um, so, and, and the people that are really doing the work long hours, a lot of times, you know, it's very rare that because the, the, um, the conference centers or the, the exhibition centers or hotels are very expensive. So well, a lot of times we come in the night before and set up throughout the night mm -hmm. and best case scenario, we have a different team setting up and a different team running. But a lot of times it's me, you know, so I arrived the night before set everything up and then run one, two or three days, you know, 12 hour, 12 hour shifts or 12 hour events. And, you know, so we don't have time to play and we don't really have time to, to uh, even rehearse. It's just kind of full on. So um, as a speaker, you, you should try to serve the whole, not just think about your talk or your presentation. You might have 20 minutes in, in the middle of day two. And then you come in and say like, oh, I'm the star, you know, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. So it, it helps if you if you think about how can I help the whole event to be as good as possible, because that serves everybody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, could you now share some some stories, success stories on, from your experience, uh, some events, uh, how you handle? Well, let's let's see which one, which one to choose. I'll I'll tell you how I started with um with doing what I call now audiovisual alchemy. So I produced events for for a few years and and I was working with uh, Joseph McClendon, who is one of Tony Robbins' main speakers. He's been to Finland a few times. We've done events in Montreal. We've done events in London, and so on. And um, I think this was 2010. He was, he was, he talks about law of attraction. Like he talks about when you think about something, you will manifest it in your life. So, uh, he was talking, he was telling a story about how he was poor, broke, homeless in like Venice Beach in California, mm -hmm. like in the eighties. And he saw this, this Mercedes, this car that was really, really beautiful, silver Mercedes. And he started explaining, you know, how it looked and how the rims looked and how the wheels looked and so on. And I just heard the model number when he started talking about this. So I thought in that moment that, well, I have, I have the internet here. I am I'm connected to the projector. So when he's explaining mm -hmm. how beautiful this car was, at the same time, I went on Google and I found an image of this exact same car mm -hmm. and I put it on screen without, we didn't agree on this. This was yes. just something that I added in. And Joseph noticed this and he was like, yeah, 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 exactly. That's the car. <laughs> That's exactly the same car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And good job. So, so he kind of recognized for what I was doing. And I thought mm -hmm. in that moment that, well, maybe this is something cool. This is something that I could do. Um, so I started developing this, this system where I can anything anybody talks about in 20 seconds, mm -hmm. I can find an appropriate image. You know, in the beginning, I used Google quite a lot. Now I use stock photos and especially if it's recorded. 
you know, want to have the royalties and everything like mm -hmm. that cleared. But this this is the main reason why why people hire me is, is that I have this ability um, to to kind of put in stuff in the moment in, in on the fly to or if somebody in the audience asks a question about you know let's say it's a health oriented event and they ask me or they, they ask the, the speaker what do you think about broccoli <laughs> you know 10 seconds later i have a picture of broccoli on on the stage or on on the screen and then then the audience and also the speaker a lot of times they just get really excited yeah. because they think that oh <laughs> is this this can't be planned right this can't this happens in the moment so so those are the, the the those are the moments that I live for. Those are the moments that really excite me when I can play with yes. the with the uh, the audience. And a beautiful example is what happened with with Les Brown when we met last summer. He has this this uh, talk. Uh, you got to be hungry. Maybe a lot of you have have heard it. And I was listening to this this story over and over and over again. <laughs> um, in 2002, 2006, you know, between that time, I was really, really into Les Brown. And uh, he, he keeps telling this story about how how he um, he goes into the studio the first time he goes on air, the first time that he, he gets on the radio. And I've heard this story hundreds of times. And, uh, and at the end, he starts playing music, but I never heard in the story which is the song that he put on when he got on the radio for the first time. I, I urge you to go on and, and listen to, you can find it on YouTube, mm -hmm. Les Brown, You Gotta Be Hungry. I think it's from Amway, like in the 80s or 90s or something like that. That's that's where that, that story is from. And uh, in that moment, he said that I put on the song, um, song, uh, Hold on, now I, I forgot which one it is. Um, it's called Fingertips by Stevie oh. Wonder. So when I heard that song, instantly I went to my DJ software and I pulled up the song Fingertips. And as he goes in, it's actually in my show reel, if somebody wants to see this actual moment, we have it recorded. Mm -hmm. So uh, when he's, he says Fingertips, about 10 seconds later, I start playing this song. <laughs> and you can see when he understands when he realizes that that song is playing he gets super excited and starts dancing on stage and he's like Whoa. yeah 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 exactly and he told me later that in his 50 years of presenting nobody has ever done what i did nobody has ever played that song and that's kind of why he fell in love with me and wants to work with me and blah 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 all of that <laughs> but those are the moments that i really live for is 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 kind of being in a moment, observing, living with the speaker, living with the the audience, and creating magical moments. Oh, pretty cool, huh? <laughs> yeah, excellent. What would you say now, in, if there are some trends, trends that you are using and you see that other producers or companies are are using in stage stage designs? What to put there in the background? Sometimes we see, for instance. Uh, Always call my attention when Apple does the launch event. They have the big backgrounds and were very impressive. Um, what would you say? Are there good trends today? Yeah, I think the the, the biggest trend is is probably the the surfaces have become bigger, you know, mm -hmm. and and how you can blend two, three, four, five, ten projectors together yes. to create like a huge wall of images, and then you can mix in, you know, live feed. We call it iMag, 
a close-up shot of the speaker. Maybe we can add in the presentations. You know, we have a background image like I want to use Nordic Business Forum as an example because they use these beautiful backdrops of Finland, you know, forest and lakes mm-hmm. and things like that. Nice. And then you add the stuff on top. And then a new trend is is the uh, interactivity, which can be like an Instagram or Twitter feed. And then um, another thing is to use interactivity in the way that people can ask questions. You use an app or you use a website or you use some, a way for people to ask questions during the presentation. And then the moderator can pick them up with an iPad or with a, with a, some kind of software. So a lot of interactivity or you do polls, you ask people how many are single how many are mm-hmm. you know uh entrepreneurs and things like that so the interactivity is is a it's a major is a major thing now um and then something that is is where i think that the how should i say where the industry is going is the ability to um send presentations live to your device so if you're sitting in the audience um you can get the presentations streamed into your phone so if you're sitting in the back of the room and you mm-hmm. want to take a picture, because this I notice all the time, if I have a thousand people in the room, 98% of people take a picture of every single slide. And a lot yes. of times it's difficult to get a good shot. So one, one way to, to kind of assess this is to have the presentations streamed uh, on a different signal to people's devices. So in the beginning, you, you gave a, um, you have an application or you have a website mm-hmm. and there you can follow the presentations. And if you want to take a picture of it, you can just take a screenshot from your phone instead of trying to get these bad quality pictures. Cause I, I see this happening all the time. People post pictures on Facebook and LinkedIn and so on. And a lot of times they're really bad quality. So, <laughs> <cannot> so, read. <laughs> so I think those, those three things is, is what's where we're going right now is the, is the big surfaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, lights are getting more cheaper, um, subwoofers you know so the 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 whole audiovisual production is is much bigger than before and then the the interactivity part and then streaming the the presentations i think those are the top three things that where where we're going moving moving more and more but this was before (laughs) before the situation that we're living in right now we will see how this will advance because live streaming has taking a big part in live events in the last few years but now due to how we're living it, it mm-hmm. has taken leaps and leaps forward and i think when we come out of this and we can start doing events again i think uh, a lot of people will think maybe we can just do this you know from our couch instead of actually going mm-hmm. to the event so i think live streaming will be even bigger uh an even more important aspect of live events in the future yes 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 so new trends are coming Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, very interesting, these, these trends that you, do, you just described. It's uh, quite fascinating, I would say. Hmm. Christopher, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? This is actually something that I don't know if it's uniquely mine, but something that I, that I live by, that you cannot always decide what you experience in life, but you can always decide how you react to the mm. things that you experience in life. And especially in the event world, especially in the live yes. world where <laughs> things happen, you know, the show must go on. 
Excellent. So maybe if I want to use somebody else's quotation, the show must go on. Mm. That's <laughs> like once you start, it's like skiing downhill, like like or, or not skiing downhill, but going downhill in a what is it like a trash bag. You just you just go and then at some point you will stop maybe. So the show the show will go on. There's so many aspects. So once once the clock starts and the music is on until we're done, you know, the show must go on. And and in that in that idea um, to really take a little bit of distance to what is happening in your life. And this is very relevant now with, with COVID and, and everything that's happening in the world is that it's not really about what happens to you. It's about how you react. Mm. That's, I think that's the source of happiness. At least that's the source of my happiness. Yeah. Thanks for the really great reflection that uh, also reflects what you are, what you're doing when you are in, in the middle of this very exciting but sometimes challenging events. Could you now recommend us one book that has particularly been inspiring or influential for you? I will actually recommend two books. The first one, actually the first book that I ever bought in 2002 is by Dr. Wayne Dyer, mm. and it's called The Sky's the Limit. And this is written back in let's see 1980 it's originally um it has many chapters on different aspects of humanity about your mind uh let's see how many chapters it has it has nine chapters 350 pages it's a very comprehensive guidebook to really analyze how you work most people have no idea how they work and as an actor i've always I've always thought about humanity maybe in a different way than most people do because I, I look at characters. I look at how could I portray this character mm -hmm. on stage. And it was actually at a Tony Robbins event in 2006, the first Tony Robbins Unleashed the Power Within that I went to when he was talking. People who are familiar with his work know that he talks about the triad uh, where where if you change your physiology, that's why people jump up and down at Tony Robbins events and music is playing and so on. So you change your physiology. It will change how you feel and how you communicate. If you change your focus, what are you focusing on? Then that will change everything. And if you change the language you speak both to other people and to yourself. And I was sitting in the audience and I thought, well, that's acting. But instead mm -hmm. of doing a character on stage or film, this is about creating the character of you yes. who you are because the, the christopher now is a, a a process of many choices throughout many years M many of them are conscious but many of them are unconscious oscar who you are right now is is a is a development of different different um, features or different aspects M many of your choices are conscious but many are also subconscious so i became really fascinated on how to develop myself as a person and 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 this is where the dr wayne dyer book this is where it really really started an understanding of that i can actually change mm -hmm. I, I don't have to be who i am i just need to go into the root of of the reasons why i am who i am and then utilize the tools from acting or for personal development this is what a lot of the personal development books are speaking about is, is that how can you become who you really want to be? 
that you're not, you know, the person that your mom told you that you need to be or a society or your workplace or your friends and so on. So that book has been, it's something that I read here and there and, and, and I really enjoy. Uh, I never got to work with, with Wayne Dyer, unfortunately, but I hear he was a really, really great speaker live as well. But this is a, the sky's the limit is a really, mm-hmm. really great book. And another one that's, um, in, in the last few years, especially, this has become kind of my, not my Bible and, and my, my religion, but some, some kind of like a spiritual, uh, guideline or spiritual guidebook is the, the principle of Ikigai, the, the, the Japanese, uh, principle of Ikigai. And this is a book written by Hector Garcia. It's called Ikigai. You can find it, find it everywhere in the world. Um, and that tells about, um, the principle is that if you do things, many of you, before I go there, many of you have probably seen these um, circles, like a infograph online, Facebook or wherever, where like you have three or four circles that are kind of completing each other. So you have one circle says that if you do things that you love, another circle says if you do things that you know what to do. And mm-hmm. a third one is if you if you do things that you get paid for, mm-hmm. then you'll have happiness. Okay. Many of you have probably seen, seen images like this, mm-hmm. but I, that's incomplete because the fourth part, and this is the Ikigai, uh-huh. is, it's translated to the reason to get out of bed. And the most important part is that when you do things that the world needs, you will be happy combined with all of the other ones, all the three other ones, but it also is easier to sell because you don't really need to sell it. If you're doing things that people need, Mm-hmm. You do things that you love, you do things that you know how to do, and you do things that you get paid for. You will be happy, you will be successful, and you will help out people in need as well. And I think especially in these times, it's it's really important to think about what does the world need right now. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you want to be successful, you figure out where the world is going, and then you go there. And that's you know, mm-hmm. develop those things and Events, even though we're now restricted with live events, talking about things that are, are important in an entertaining and educational way is definitely, it's going to be around, you know, for, for centuries. So yes. if you're doing, working in this environment, I'm sure you will be successful and you will be happy. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And uh, finally, just very shortly, if you can leave us with an, something practical, an exercise that we can do regularly. A routine to shine? That's a really good question. Sometimes today's been a, a sunny day. Sometimes mm-hmm. we have clouds in the sky, right? But we still say when the, it's cloudy, we say that the sun isn't shining today. <laughs> but the sun is always shining. Oh, yes. But it's always shining above the clouds. The clouds are our mind, the, the, the limiting beliefs, the fears. The restrictions that we or society puts puts on us, we put it on ourselves, or we allow society to put it put it on us. So when we're speaking about shining, everybody is shining at all times. Like that is the that is the kind of the spiritual essence of us to shine. We just need to kind of get rid of the clouds in between to allow ourselves to shine. So I think that already just to kind of hold that principle, an idea in your mind that I was made to shine. Like I already won the first biggest competition in our lives. You know, 
out of billions of sperm cells, we're the one that won. We're the one that got all the way to the end. So we, we all, we're already winners. We're already there where we want to go. And another fascinating thing um, is that some, some research say that um, when the, 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 the sperm cells go to the egg, uh, it's not actually a competition. It's not like you see these images of all of the cells trying to get into the egg. They're actually helping each other. They're actually, there's, there's one that has been chosen as the, as the winner. And then the other ones are helping that one to get to the end of the line. So this, this, I apply this same idea also into, into society that, that help each other and that we should, you know, try to support each other as much as possible. Because it's really difficult to shine if you feel that you're alone in the world. Mm -hmm. If you feel that you're connected to earth, to nature, to the universe, to God, whatever, you know, whatever word or, or, you know, whatever vision of, of existence you have. This, this satisfies me at least is, is that I remember that I'm already a winner and I'm not alone. I think those are the main, the main things that, that I try to, to do in my life. And to be able to be a good speaker and to shine on stage, it's a lot of, a lot of courage is needed because the biggest, as you probably talked in your, your previous episodes with other, other guests is that the, the, the biggest fear in the world is public speaking, um, more than death itself. So the person who is holding a um, eulogy at, at a funeral, for most people, they would rather be in the box. <laughs> because they're more scared of getting up on stage than death itself. So, so try to understand that it is a really difficult and demanding place to be on stage and to shine or to be in an interview or doing a webinar or a teams meeting or a sales presentation or whatnot. So to kind of give yourself that to be, to be um, soft and gentle towards yourself and try to understand that, that it is already going up on stage for most people they would they would never think of doing that so give yourself that uh that service and that kind of appreciation but the the best way for me to learn is to observe and that's why i've i've gotten into this this work because i realized that i can observe the good people the good speakers and then of course you have to train you have to practice so some people are more naturally good presenters um, some people need a little bit more practice, but everybody needs practice. I yes, practice everybody. all the time my mm-hmm. own own talks. I'm actually filming um, later tonight. We're filming a couple of of, of videos, and, and I've been you know I've been practicing mm-hmm. it for a long time. So it's not and the same thing as when you do when I do a stage production or when I do a, a a movie. It it seems very simple. It seems very easy when you go on stage. It's like a, if you're a great tennis player. You know, it, it feels effortless. It's, it looks effortless. But to be able to get there, they put in the practice a long, long time, sometimes many, many years to, to get to that place. So that's like the, the mental and spiritual, spiritual aspect. And another thing that, that you can do is to, to create your own routine of how to prepare yourself to get into a good state. This is something that Tony Robbins the main thing that he talks about is, is to be in a peak state. And you see this in athletes. You see this with, with performers. 
I would say nearly all of them have some kind of routine. Maybe it's just sitting down for five minutes and meditating with your eyes closed. Maybe it's doing push-ups. Your your thing is to, to find this routine where you can put yourself in a good state because we are all responsible. The the the, the music and the energy and the, the lights and all of that will help you if you are in the good state. But if you're not in a good state, it will actually become very uh, demanding and, and also can inhibit you from shining because you're, you know, you're aware of like, oh, there's all these people watching and I can't see anything because the lights are here. So to really to put yourself in the, in a, in a good state. So the, the, the basic stuff is to sleep well, it's to eat, eat good, it's to exercise, drink and, and so on. Um, so practice, 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 put yourself in a good state and don't forget the basics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could agree more. Well, thanks a lot for this very interesting interview. Um, learning a lot about this world of what happens in the in the backstage and the production of events and how people like you help speakers to to shine. Please tell us how we can find you on the net. What are the best ways? Yes, my um, production company is Wise Events, W E I S S dot events, and my name is Christopher C H R I S T O F F. E-R, Weiss, so uh, so you can find me on The Christopher Weiss, because there's many Christopher Weiss in the world, but only one The Christopher Weiss. Mm-hmm. And if you want to check out um, my, my online training, it's called professionalpresenter.net. So that's where you'll find, you'll find the resources. Okay, excellent. Many ways to find you. Again, thanks for this and all the best. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a, have a great, great day. And thanks to everybody who's listening. You're awesome. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time. <laughs>